This podcast is sponsored by Talkspace. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. By talking or texting with a supportive licensed therapist at Talkspace, you'll gain insights, discover truths, and experience breakthroughs that will improve how you live and how you feel. With Talkspace, just answer a few questions online, and you'll be matched with a therapist. And because you'll meet your therapist online, you don't have to take time off work or arrange childcare. You'll meet on your schedule, whenever you feel most at ease. Plus, Talkspace works with most major insurers, and most insured members only pay a $25 copay or less. No insurance? No problem. If you want to make progress toward a mentally healthier place, Talkspace is here for you. Now get $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com. Match with a licensed therapist today at Talkspace.com. Save $80 with code SPACE80 at Talkspace.com. Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here, the Eric Erickson Show across the nation. The phone number is 877-97-ERIC, 877-973-7425. Well, you could hear it from me, I realize, but I think it's more helpful for you to get the context of what everyone else was paying attention to this morning when it happened. Now, let me set the stage for you. You are listening to a conservative talk show host, wherever you are. There are people I know who hate listen, who are of the left, and there are people who listen because they're curious. I I get this all the time now from people who they listen to me and this show because they they like the approach. It's not just throwing red meat, telling people what they want to hear. But I, I set the stage for you. This is this is not a touting Eric moment. This is a you, you need to understand that most Americans, when they get up in the morning, they turn on the news headlines, not talk radio. And while a lot of them turn on Fox News, the vast majority of apolitical Americans are turning on the big three networks or the business channel, or they're just going to CNN for the headlines. And this is what they were met with this morning as the September jobs report came Things in. are coming down pretty rapidly. We just have this wow. jobs report. Steve, what do you see? 194. Whoa. I see 194,000. That is real low. Yes. Uh, yes, it is. That was how CNBC got the news this morning about the Joe Biden economy. Here is Christy Roman on CNN talking about this. is a brand new jobs report, a look at the state of the economy. Chief business correspondent Christine Romans with the new details. What does it say? All right, let me just run through the top line numbers for you here, John, because it's a real brain teaser. 194,000 net new jobs added, way less, way less than anybody expected, and less than last month and the worst of the year. But the unemployment rate fell to 4.8%. Remember, in this data, there are two surveys the government does. It calls businesses and says, how are you hiring? What are your numbers? And it calls households and says, are you working? So the household side of this equation is more people were saying, hey, yeah, I did get a job this month. That could be new business creation. That could be people not going back to their old employer, but starting their own job. We'll have to see how that pans out. Here's what the year looks like. Again, a disappointing net job creation in September. But August and July were both revised higher. What that tells us, there was a hiring boom this summer before the Delta variant was a big problem again. There was a- before the Delta variant was a big problem again. And here's Matt Egan, also on CNN. When he does. John, thank you for that. Some of the areas of the economy hardest hit last month 
healthcare, and education, there's also a lot of focus on what happened in hospitality and what it means for all of us. CNN's Matt Egan joining me now. He's been digging into these numbers even further. Matt, the Labor Secretary called this a complex report. What's sticking out to you? Yeah, Kate, uh, it definitely was a complex report, and a lot of that was because of the Delta variant and the reopening of the economy. Uh, but that means there's kind of something for everyone here in terms of the positives and the negatives. Now, clearly, the big negative is the fact that the economy added just 194,000 jobs last month. That is less than half of what economists have been anticipating. And as you can see, you know, there was a surge in hiring this summer, uh, but that has clearly faded big time. This was actually the worst job gain of the entire year. And so that... Oh. Worst job gain of the entire year. Now, here is CNBC breaking down the data for people when they flipped over. They thought, oh, I better go to CNBC. What's going on here? With a big decline in local government education. So um, I guess you had the addition in August, came off in September. Um, that is, leisure and hospitality, eh, 74,000. That's not the kind of numbers we need from that sector to drive the uh, employment that we need. I'm going to see if I can find retail here. Uh, well, just one real quick. Um, yeah, nothing really going on in leisure and hospitality. Uh, declines in nursing. Uh, where else do we have any declines? Not any big declines here. Just not, Becky, the numbers that you need to make this uh, put people back to work right now. Uh, September now coming in weaker than August, which was revised higher. And I think that's the big number. That's the big story here. With a. Oh, it's not good. It's not good. Now, it, it, it's important for me to frame this this way for you to let you hear how the mainstream media that leans to the left is covering this because it's not good news for Joe Biden on top of all of the other news. This hurts the Democrats at this point in Trump's presidency. His approval was higher than where Joe Biden is right now. And Donald Trump had some economic headwinds right now that he was able to turn the quarter on. The problem is that the headwinds for Joe Biden continue to blow even stronger. And it takes a while for people, once they've digested the good news, to rationalize that the good news is not just for them, but for their neighbors. This is one of the things I have learned over the years about economic news when you cover it. Particularly when I, I, I definitely have a partisan bent to how I see things. This is something I have had to learn over the years, something we all need to remember. It takes about a year after good news for people to embrace it. Why? Because Americans tend, off the internet at least, to love their neighbor. What does that mean? Well, when you realize the news is good you still perceive the news to not be good for your neighbors. And until you feel like your neighbors themselves have benefited, you don't believe the economy is good. It may be good for you, but you presume that your neighbor is bad off until your neighbor himself confirms that he is well off. And it takes a while for that to happen. So even if Let's say dramatically that the headwind shifted. It would take a little while for Joe Biden to be able to recover from this. 
Uh, it takes about a year for economic news to really seep into the consciousness. At the same time, it does it on the other side. Uh, when things get bad for you, you presume it's just you. It takes you a while to realize that it's your neighbor as well. It, it, it can be, it's like turning a big ship and it takes some time. Concurrent to all of that happening, COVID is increasing in Minnesota, North Dakota, Michigan, New Mexico, Maine, New Hampshire, Colorado, the U.S. Virgin Islands, Pennsylvania, and Arizona, states where the Democrats need a good level of showing, and it clearly is seasonal at this point. The declines are significant in the South, Alabama, Florida, Mississippi, Arkansas, Hawaii, Puerto Rico, Tennessee, Louisiana, Georgia, they're all uh, COVID declining 40% or higher in a two-week average. It's definitely having an impact in the economy, but there's something else having an impact on all of this. The ports. There's a problem with the ports. Particularly the Los Angeles and Port of Long Beach Supply chain constraints have gotten so bad that even throwing more people at the problem won't make them go away immediately. This is from Axios, a new snapshot of port activity in California is the latest indication. The number of workers in the ports of Los Angeles and Long Beach is down roughly 30% from pre-COVID levels, according to RBC Capital Markets data shared with Axios. RBC approximates foot traffic based on anonymized cell phone location data, from geospatial intelligence company Orbital Insight. That's your labor shortage quantified, Michael Tran, the managing director of digital intelligence for RBC says. Companies are eager to find signs of relief in the supply chain in order to adjust inventory and prices effectively. The data shows how far activity has dropped from pre-pandemic levels and how hard it's been to stabilize this year. Among the 22 biggest ports in the world, Los Angeles and Long Beach this year have experienced the longest turnaround times. If a Republican were president, you know what would be on the table right now? You know what the Democrats would be clamoring for right now? Call out the National Guard. Call out the National Guard. Relieve the supply chain issues with personnel. We got a 30% labor shortage at the port of, of Los Angeles and Long Beach that is causing mass backups of supplies. It's causing ships to be backed up at sea. And you know, there's a limited quantity of ships in the world. And when they're all parked off the American coast because they can't get into ports, they can't go back and fill up again, which is causing other ports to back up in the supply chain. And right now, it's the American ports that are the slowest. It's the American ports that are the dragging their feet in recovery. Why is it the National Guard out there taking over? And, you know, on top of that, I mean, let me, let me go through the supply chain issue for you so that you understand uh, what we're dealing with here because it's actually pretty significant. You have ships that come from overseas to Los Angeles. They can't get into the port of Los Angeles they can't get into the Port of Los Angeles because there aren't enough workers. They're not working 24 hours at the Port of Los Angeles. The union does not want them to work 24 hours, so they're not working 24 hours. Even if they were working 24 hours, there aren't enough trucks coming into the Port of Los Angeles to pick up the shipping containers. So if a ship comes into the Port of Los Angeles, 
it can't unload its shipping containers because there's not enough room for its shipping containers until the other shipping containers go. But those shipping containers can't go because there aren't enough people in the port right now to be able to process those containers to be able to get them on trucks. Trucks can't come in because trucks now are so heavily regulated in the hours they can and cannot ride that if they can't get in, they have to bypass the port and go to the next route because otherwise they're going to be put behind in the number of hours they've got to work on top of that there aren't enough truck drivers in trucks to be able to do it which all of this has a cascading effect on the supply chains christmas is coming and you're not going to have toys on the shelves that's not hyperbole or hysteria it's actually starting to show up in the data so why is it the national guard being called in to help move the containers and get them processed there was an article the other day about truck drivers going to the ports of Los Angeles and Long Beach. They they have to take eight-hour breaks. And they can't move for those eight hours. That's why you see trucks, 18-wheelers, pulled over on the side of the road at, the, at night, stopped. If they move, they're going to be found by Department of Public Safety and given tickets. So they're required to stop. So if they go to the port of Los Angeles to try to pick up a shipping container, the port is so backed up and understaffed, it takes them several hours to be able to get their one container that they haul. That then costs them time where they then have to rest and get off the road, which slows them down. So what they're doing is they're bypassing the ports and they're doing other shipment deliveries. None of this is sustainable. We need a regulatory waiver for the truck drivers. We need the National Guard for the ports. Part of this, though, is by design. The problem here is the Biden administration didn't think it would cascade as quickly as it has. But it's to a degree by design because they're trying to use these situations. Never let a crisis go to waste, folks. They're trying to use these situations to reshape how we consume, how we buy, how we travel, how we live for climate change. The environmentalists love this. And the Green New Deal advocates love this, which is why you're not seeing this growing outrage, even as the port situation gets really, really hazardous. You're not seeing people clamoring for major changes in the media or at the elite Democrat political level because they're actually okay with this. It's a good thing to them. It's forcing you to not buy. It's forcing you not to consume. It's forcing you to come to terms with what they want to be a new normal. It's going to end badly for all of us, though, particularly for them because you're starting to see it trickle into the polling that people are really, really, really frustrated Everyone said, you vote for Joe Biden, things will change, get better, we'll go back to normal, and actually it's gotten worse. And that's the problem the Biden administration can't seem to figure out. I got to correct myself. Welcome back. It's Eric Erickson here. The phone number 877-97-ERIC, 877-973-7425. It's Friday, so we loosen up the rules for calling in. Uh, I said trucker said eight hours. A um, Twitter follower told me it's actually 10 10 hours of downtime. I am also told, this is not a correction, but a reaffirmation, uh, that it is the uh, Longshoremen's Union 
in Los Angeles and in uh, Long Beach that has refused to work 24 hours. Uh, they do not want a 24-hour staff port. Uh, our American ports are the last uh, to not be 24 hours, and it's causing all sorts of shipping backlogs. Now, let's get to the phones, 877-973-7425. Let me make sure I got audio redirected here because I'm oh, – boy, I'll, <laughs> we'll get to that. Uh, Jerry in Atlanta, you're going to be first up today if I can get you fired up here. Welcome to the program. Hey, thanks, Eric. Hey, real quickly, regarding the September jobs report, here's what the government's basically done in the past two years. They've uh, told people they're not allowed to come to work. Then they paid people not to come to work. Then they begged people to come back to work. But then they fired these people for not taking the vaccine. To me, it doesn't seem like this has been handled too well, obviously. Um, <laughs> no. I had a, also had a question regarding raising the... <laughs> I had a question, Eric, regarding the debt ceiling. I, didn't, I wasn't able to listen to you this week regarding McConnell and what he did. Um, but do you think he had a strategy that he cut a deal with Manchin and said, you know what? Uh, Manchin went to him and said, cut a deal, raise this limit to December, then let these guys just wallow in their own mire because I can't hold these guys off forever because I'll get the blame. Do you think something like that went down? Um, so there was no real deal with Manchin. It appears the the concern is Republicans themselves wavering, Roy Blunt and Rob Portman in particular wavering on the debt ceiling issue, but the Democrats may have fallen into a trap set by McConnell because do you know when the debt ceiling now gets hit? December 3rd. So when the Treasury Department now says we'll run out of money, December 3rd. And do you know what happens on December 3rd? Continuing resolution has to be passed to keep the government funded. So you're going to have the government run out of money and hit the debt ceiling on the same day. And also, Democrats may not be able to get reconciliation done either. That's going to cause multiple problems for the Democrats. They, they Essentially, the Democrats have now been forced into a box where they had four trains all running separately, coming to a single track, pacing them out. So they wouldn't all hit the single track at the same time. And now suddenly all four trains are going to try to merge onto the single track at the same point at the same time. And that's going to cause them all sorts of problems. But I still think, and Republicans in the Senate tell me they do think that McConnell is deeply worried about a couple of Republicans caving. Manchin himself said he would not cave on the debt ceiling. Uh, but there are some Republicans who aren't seeking re-election who may be the problem. So I would be careful about blaming McConnell on this. It's other Republicans that he's got to be mindful of might sell out the GOP, and he's got to be mindful of them. But he has now. If the Republicans will hold together, he sprung a trap for Chuck Schumer, and Chuck Schumer just walked into it, eyes wide open, as a matter of fact, hoping Republicans will bail him out in the future. Joe Manchin, by the way, told Chuck Schumer yesterday that he, in uh, in Joe Manchin's words, effed it up. Lots of uses of the F word in the Senate this week uh, that uh, Schumer essentially bragged about McConnell caving, and Manchin told Schumer that he effed it up, uh, should not have done what he did, that it's going to come back to bite him and the Democrats. The Democrats, meanwhile, are 
mad as hell at Joe Manchin. We'll get into that here in a little bit. When we come back, though, I want to keep taking your phone calls, 877-973-7425. We've got to talk about the war on schools because the Democrats are escalating that fight right now against you, the parents. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. It is Friday, so your calls are welcome. 877-973-7425. You know, there's a shortage in cars, among other things out there. I had a, a, a listener event last night in Swanee, Georgia. It's still fire brewing. Uh, fan, the college dropout beer, I got to say, that, that I'm, I'm not a – I like really expensive bourbon, and I like cheap beer. Yes, I'm a Miller Lite guy. Uh, and they have a um, Pilsner lager. Um, I, I just IPAs I can handle, but the sours and the the fruity ones I just I don't like fruit generally. I certainly I want beer that tastes like beer, not like fruit. And they, they've had some. They actually had a bourbon barrel one that was tasty, but I the the lager the the college dropout was fantastic. They're great people. Uh, the crowd showed up, uh, but it was not nearly the size it should have been. The rain last night was horrible. I wound up staying in Atlanta, so I live, uh, for those of you not in, in Georgia, I live uh, about an hour south of the city. I wound up having to stay in a hotel last night because there was a severe thunderstorm uh, that was basically lingering over the interstate, caused a lot of rain. It wasn't safe for me to drive home, so I stayed at a hotel. Got up this morning to head home. It is an hour drive from my office to my house, and I put in the GPS on, on Apple Maps just to do traffic. It said it would take three hours to get home. Three hours to get home. Now, last night, I had to take back roads to get to that event because it said it would take three hours in the interstate. Well, this morning, an 18-wheeler hauling cars, new cars, hydroplaned and flipped and spilled out all the cars all over the interstate, uh, contributing to further car shortages. Now, I want to stay on the port issue because we've got some calls on this, but also a buddy of mine who I've been negligent in getting together with in person, he he emails me and he says, I sell them. Did you know California has a law that forbids any commercial vehicle older than 2012 from operating? California ports require vehicles that are from 2014 or newer because of the climate crisis, in air quotes. I speak to so many California customers and prospects who have a fleet of trucks that are older than 2012, and they basically have to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars in order to upgrade their fleet to be carbon compliant, and many of them are throwing in the towel. That's contributing to the situation. I had forgotten. I had read something about that. I didn't realize the the extent of the details there, but yet California makes it difficult. There are some ports you should know, I'm told uh, by some listeners, that some of the East Coast ports are 24-7 in red states, but the whole West Coast are blue states. They are uh, union states, and the longshoremen are blocking it. One of the complicating factors with the ports is that there are, while they are expanding or have expanded the Panama Canal, a lot of the ships can't actually come through the Panama Canal. They're too big, so they can't sail through the Panama Canal and come around to a port that's open 24-7. They're stuck on the West Coast. They can't sail all the way around South America and come back up. It's too long. So they go to the West Coast, and they're stuck there, and that becomes part of the problem. Now, uh, let's go to the phones. Shelly, in Atlanta, you are going to be the next caller. Welcome to the program. Hi, this is Kelly. How are you doing? Good. <laughs> Welcome. Um, yeah, so I, I, I have friends that work out at Savannah Port, and I know one of the issues there is they don't have enough chassis to put – 
the containers on. So trucks have to bring in their own chassis now, which creates a whole nother problem. Good but grief. I think you just started to touch on how California has so many restrictions. Now I have a 2014 truck, but I wouldn't go to California to take me. So, <laughs> I mean, there's just so many restrictions, environmental restrictions. I will not go there anymore. So um, I t- tend to stay in the southeast over here. Good but, for you. Yeah, so I, I, I assume you know, you've got... You've got I, I know we've got a bit of a delay in, in our, our talking because of the, the setup I'm having to use here. But, Kelly, I assume you are a trucker. Yes, I'm a truck driver. I own my own truck and trailer, and I run out of Atlanta. And um, I'm in Atlanta right now, and I just drove by that stupid uh, tractor-trailer crash with the car carrier. Oh, Okay, so now Joe Biden says we do not have enough of you, Kelly. That we need more women truck drivers in this country uh, because you're exorbitantly safer and better drivers than the men out there. And and just uh, go go on and brag about yourself here on on Joe Biden wanting to give you lots of money to bring more of you in. Well, I will say I've been driving for thirty years, uh, longer than the CDL's been um, in in play. So I can I know my way around a truck and I can outdrive a man <laughs> I will say and I've been told by other men so but um, <laughs> but yeah I don't think that's uh, I don't think somebody should be hired because they're a woman or a female or any specific race either you know you should be hired based on your qualifications so well okay so now I, I'm it. curious because you, you are literally <laughs> the first female truck driver that I have ever talked to on this program and so why trucking uh, a, a, as a career for you what, what made you decide to get into it um I lived in Tampa I was going to school at USF I kept changing my major I hated school and my ex-husband had a couple trucks, and he's like, you could do this. So I got in the truck and started driving, and that's all she wrote. Wow. <laughs> so I love it. Um, yeah, I, I, if I want to do something, I put my mind to it. You know, like he told me I can ride a motorcycle, and I did. And, uh, you know, so I pretty so much do a lot of So basically what you're saying uh, is I can't get you in the same room do. as my <laughs> wife because y'all do motorcycles, and you'll start having her drive an 18-wheeler, and I'll just get more gray hair. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> well, look, have but a great weekend. About, yeah, go know, ahead. Go ahead. Problem, huh? Go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say another problem with like warehouses and stuff. They're so short staffed, you know, and so you get in there and you get tied up for six hours and then it, you know, it drains your clock. I saw you. Um, yeah, it was 10 hours, not eight hours. And, you know, it, it really messes with you when they keep you that long. I had a place keep me six hours the other day and told me I couldn't use the bathroom. Good I mean, grief. that's crazy, too. <laughs> yeah. That's a whole other issue. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah the, supply, the supply chain is crazy right now. Well, listen, thank you very so, much for calling in, um, and you have a great weekend. I I, I got to let you go there. Weekend. You just uh, be safe out there, and I'm I'm sorry for this crazy delay we've got on on the phone system. We're we're having to use a a web based phone system right now. I'm sure y'all don't really care about the details of behind the scenes of radio. Uh, we had some landline issues that we're still having to navigate through, and it has caused us when you call in, there's a little bit of a delay. Uh, when you're talking, so that's why you got to, Philip, who's screening for me today, tells you get just get to your point and no chit-chat, but I wanted to have a chit-chat with Kelly because I just, uh, I, I've never actually had a female truck driver call into the program before. So now I'm going to go uh, to John in Powder Springs. You're going to be next. Hey, Eric, uh, thank you for taking my call. Uh, you'd mentioned the truck driver shortage 
Um, you know, Bob Costello, who I know personally, he's the chief economist with uh, the American Trucking Association. Uh, you know, he was saying that we were 60,000 drivers short uh, in 2019. They're projecting that to increase to 100,000 as of 2023. But this has been a subject that the trucking industry has been fighting now for, for you know, for five to seven years, maybe even longer than that. So there's there's got to be more going on in the nutshell that you know with with than just driver shortage to, to create these supply chain issues. Well, you know, and, and John, listen, thank you very much for the call. And to get back to the point Kelly was making and, and my buddy Matt, the environmental regulations in states like California have cascading spillover effects on the rest of the country as well. It causes drivers, like Kelly said, she would only – she didn't want to go to California uh, to drive, and that then limits the supply of availability to get into the ports on the West Coast. The um, the the ships that can't go through the Panama Canal because they're too big, they're forced to go into the West Coast ports. Those ports aren't operating 24-7. Uh, the entire country is held hostage by the environmentalists of California. So yeah, I was going to talk about the school stuff, but I, I might as well shift gear into this because there actually is a, a number of story, a number of stories out there. And Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez has spoken up about the demands Joe Manchin has said that Democrats are going to have to pick one of their major policy proposals for reconciliation. He said they've got three. They've got one to deal with senior citizens, one to deal with kids, and one to deal with climate. And Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez has popped her head up to talk about that. For you, what is non-negotiable? You know, I think some of um, some of the climate provisions that we have, we cannot afford to increase carbon or just fossil fuel emissions at this time. That is simply the science. That is not something we can kick down the line. Uh, right now, both the IPCC report saying that this is code red for humanity, as well as recent reporting saying that if you're under 40, like myself, like millions of Americans, you will be seeing a catastrophic increase in the You're going to run right into Senator Joe Manchin on those issues, mm-hmm. though. You know that. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I think... Um, I think Senator Manchin's going to run into the science as well. Yeah, Joe Manchin, he's not going to run into the science. He's going to run around you. Uh, so I, I, and I'm going to have to spend some time on this one with you guys. I, I, I need you to really understand what's going on here. This isn't, you know, I, if you listen to this program, I'm, I'm not really big into conspiracies. I don't like the the how so many people have gone to conspiracy theories. I've noticed this trend among my callers and the people I interact with, the ones who are saying, how can you believe this about something the government said or a corporation said? They're the ones most likely to fall into what the conspiracy theorists they don't know on YouTube says. But this is actually not a conspiracy theory. They've been very open about it. They don't always connect the dots so bluntly, but they've been open about it for a while. The left, through the use of government, wishes to drive up the costs of fossil fuels through the cost of fuel. They wish to drive up the costs of you doing business. And it's all about forcing you to consume less. Remember during lockdowns, all of the stories about nature healing? Because no one could go to work. No one could go to the office. 
The canals in Venice were clear. You could see to the bottom. Air quality in Los Angeles was pristine. The birds were migrating marvelously. You could see. You could breathe. Carbon emissions were down. You were locked up, you polluters, you filthy carbon mouth breathers. It's all part of the plan. I'm, not, I'm, I'm, I'm being a little facetious here, but it actually is part of the plan. They wish costs to go up to incentivize you to not consume and thereby not produce carbon. Inflation for them is a good thing. Higher taxes is a good thing. Environmental regulation is a good thing. Higher fuel prices is a good thing because it makes you less able to pollute. They don't really want to fix the problems. Now, here's the thing. They can't say that. There is this thing called a voter. And voters do something called voting. And when the voters go vote, if they're mad at you, they throw you out of office. And voters tend to get really mad at you when you've driven up their prices. So they can't come out and say this is all by design. What do they have to do? They have to say it's transitory and it's related to the Delta variant. It's not related to them. It's not related to their policies. They had nothing to do with this. It's the microbes' fault, not China's fault, the microbes' fault. But the microbe's just a microbe. We responded to the microbe. And our response had the economic fallout. Our response to the microbe was to shut everyone down and shut everything down and keep people out of work and pay people not to go to work and disincentivize work and subsidize unemployment. And that's had cascading effects into inflation and higher fuel prices, also higher fuel prices caused by government policy to punish fossil fuel producers. And now they're sort of saying, you know, we can just keep this going. We can just keep this going. It's a tax on the poor, though. Rich people can afford to still get on their private jet. Poor person can barely afford the Greyhound bus at this point with gas prices. And you know what? They're okay with that because the less mobile you are, the less mobile society is, the less polluting society is. This is all by design. It's all part of the plan. They just can't say that out loud yet because they got to get through the midterms and Biden's polling is tanking. You know what's polling very high right now? The Eden Pure Thunderstorm. People love it. People are buying it. I'm hearing from you guys buying it. I'm telling you, when Christy and the kids go out of town, I was actually thinking uh, they may actually escape me for a couple of days. We were going to go out of town, and then everything fell through, and then we found a place, and now the kids are sick, and um, Christy's parents are sick, so they aren't going to escape. But if they did, I could do a shrimp fry an episode in my kitchen and show y'all on video how I fry shrimp and I would have to use the Eden Pure Thunderstorm because we don't have an exhaust vent in our kitchen anymore. It was one of those that went under the stove and we got a new stove because Christy stepped on the old stove cleaning the lights, but that's another issue we won't get into today, but it wiped out the exhaust vent. So now I use the Eden Pure Thunderstorm and it cleans the air in the kitchen. It doesn't mask the odors, it eliminates the odors. It also takes out the bacteria, the mildew, 
the pollen spores that are floated in your house, and it's filterless. And right now, you can buy one, get one free. This deal, by the way, it goes away after today. I'm not kidding. They've already told me uh, it goes away after today. So if you want to try the Eden Pure Thunderstorm, you want to buy one, get one for free, go to EdenPureDeals.com. Click on my name, Eric Erickson. Put it in your cart. At checkout, you use the discount code Eric Bogo, Eric, B-O-G-O, and you will be able to buy one. And get one for free, less than 200 bucks with free shipping. It's an incredible deal. Today is the last day. Discount code Eric Bogo at EdenPureDeals.com. Yes, you can. And right now, I am going to hit the phones here. It is Eric Erickson here. Got about a minute and a half. I'm going to Jesse and Calhoun next. Welcome. Hey, Eric, Jesse Vaughn, your old buddy from school. How you doing, man? I am great. It is good to hear your voice. Well, I just want to kind of tie together all your points you've made so far. You know, I'm on two development authority boards up in northwest Georgia, and, I mean, our economy is just pumping and thumping and driven mostly by the flooring industry. And the best thing that's happened to us in a long, long time was that the Georgia Port Authority built an inland container port right there in Murray County that services all the northwest Georgia area. They offload the containers in Savannah, put them on trains, ship them up to Eton, and we offload them there. And then our companies can onload freight to go to Savannah and be shipped all over the world. It reduces emissions, heavens, with all the climate stuff because it all comes on a train. And, you know, we've got unemployment that's just through the floor. I mean, mm-hmm. we, every company that I represent is needing employees right now from restaurants to manufacturers, you name it. And so, you know, folks are looking for jobs. Northwest Georgia is the place to come. I mean, I've always called it God's country. (laughs) Listen, One, it's beautiful, and and two, you're right. i got to let you go there because i I got a hard break coming up. Jesse, it is so great to hear your voice. You know, they've got one down in South Georgia as well at Inland Port where everything comes in and processes there to free up capacity. California does not do that, I don't believe. You know what? I can't believe you people haven't taken advantage of the Omaha Steaks deal, and time's running out for it if you're a new customer. $30 off an order of $129 or more. Don't think steak with it. Well, yes, think steak with Omaha Steaks, but also think seafood. Talk about supply chains. They have an incredible supply chain that comes in overnight from the South Pacific with incredible fish. It's frozen fresh. It gets to you within days of being caught. It is incredible. I talked to the CEO about, uh, Mr. Simon, about how they do this. They have such great offers. And right now, if you're a new customer, $30 off an order of $129 or more. I was talking to a guy last night at my event. Tom told him I got a brisket from Omaha Steaks and smoked it. It was great as well. You can do all that at omahasteaks.com. When you check out, use my name, Eric, E-R-I-C-K, as your discount at checkout, they will give you $30 off an order of $129 or more. It's incredible value, incredible deal, incredible qualities. Well, you can't get the quality at that price at your grocery store. You can at omahasteaks.com at checkout. Use my name, Eric, E-R-I-C-K, as your discount code. Get $30 off an order of $129 or more.